Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks. Today is Mailbag Monday, July 13th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 168th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, be sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so make sure to go do that. Also, please go follow the LOB Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, as some good stuff will be posted there daily as well. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Make sure to check it out and tell them the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. Okay, so to kick off today's episode, per usual on a Monday, I'd like to discuss some of the news that came out over the weekend regarding the NHL's return-to-play plan, with the latest being that both the NHL and NHLPA voted to accept the ratified CBA and the return-to-play protocols on Friday, meaning that hockey has now officially been voted to return with a fully planned out schedule for the 2020 postseason. The words we've all been waiting to hear for so long. Hockey is back. August 1st, circle the dates, ladies and gentlemen. Now, part of this ratified CBA allows players the choice of opting out of this summer's training camp and the postseason without penalty until 5 p.m. this afternoon, and we've already seen a handful of players go that route in the last couple of days. At the moment, the players that have opted out are Boston's Steven Kamfer, Calgary's Travis Hamanick, Dallas's Roman Polak, Montreal's Carl Alsner, Pittsburgh's Zach Trotman, and most significantly to us Blackhawks fans, Edmonton Oilers defenseman Mike Green due to deeply personal family health reasons. So, the Oilers will be without veteran blue liner Mike Green throughout their postseason run, however long that may be, which... That will be a somewhat significant loss for their defensive group that, even with Green, is not one of the best in this 2014 postseason. Looking at the Oilers' projected defensemen for the best-of-five series against the Blackhawks, and we can expect Darnell Nurse and Oscar Clefbaum to rack up a significant amount of minutes for them as they both average around 25 per game this season. And then Adam Larson and Ethan Bear will be the two right-handed defensemen receiving the top four minutes for the Oilers. Chris Russell, then, I would expect to be their fifth defenseman on the third pairing with either Matt Benning or Caleb Jones. I would expect will step in for Mike Green on that third pairing next to Russell. So, not horrible near the top for Edmonton, as Nurse and Clefbaum are quality defensemen, along with both Bear and Larson, but without a doubt, that still remains a weakness for this Oilers team. On paper, that just does not look like a defense that you can win a Stanley Cup with, and the loss of Green certainly won't help that matter. Another piece of news that came out over the weekend that I wanted to make sure to share with you is the scheduling for the Blackhawks series against the Oilers with the full schedule of games throughout the play-in round now available. The Hawks are scheduled to play on the first day of the postseason, which is August 1st, with the games slated for the 4 p.m. slot as they are for the entire series. 4 p.m. in Edmonton, of course, would be 2 p.m. here in Chicago, so unfortunately, All the games in the play-in series, for the Hawks at least, will take place during the afternoon. August 1st is a Saturday though, so most people will be able to tune in for that one. And being a Saturday will also make for a a great first day of the NHL's postseason. So, Game 1 is slated for Saturday, August 1st. And then, as normal postseason play goes, Game 2 will be two days later on August 3rd, with Game 3 coming on August 5th. 
If there is a Game 4, then it will occur two days later on August 7th. And if a Game 5 is deemed necessary, then that's when things will get interesting as both teams will be on less than 24 hours of rest with the contest coming on August 8th. Of course, I continue to remind you guys that these dates are subject to change with everything going on at the moment in the United States. And the hockey world unfortunately got another scare on Sunday as reports came out in the afternoon that at least three Montreal Canadiens players tested positive for the virus, which is not what you want to hear with training camps in the NHL set to open up later this afternoon. I've mentioned on the podcast several times already recently that there are just so many potential questions and things up in the air with returning to play so soon. Well, here's one of them. What is going to happen with the Montreal Canadiens this week with training camp opening up? Are these players just going to be quarantined for the entire camp and then just join the team without any preparation? Is Montreal going to be forced to close their camp for a couple days and then face a disadvantage because of this scenario? This is exactly what I was trying to stress to you all. There are just so many things that could go wrong or cause more and more bumps in the road when you try to rush something in this fast. I am really interested to hear what both the NHL and the Canadians have to say regarding the situation as here we are on day one of training camps opening up and we are already facing problems with this return to play plan. Okay, so I think that wraps up all the news coming out this weekend regarding the NHL's return to play with training camps opening up this afternoon, which let's take a moment here, guys. The Blackhawks really are having training camp at Fifth Third Arena downtown today. It, to me, it still hasn't really sunk in yet that this is all happening. And I think that's largely because I still am not convinced that this whole thing is going to happen yet. I, I will remain positive throughout this whole process. And trust me, I would love to see the Blackhawks back in play and playoff action as much as the next guy. But we just keep hearing problems with training camps and players testing positive. And as I just said, here we are on day one and we're already face-to-face -face with a problem with one of the 24 teams. The Montreal Canadiens have at least three players testing positive. We've seen Max Domi been told to not return to camp for at least seven to ten days. They didn't say if he was one of the three players that did test positive. But obviously, if Domi does go on to play for the Canadians in this postseason, he would face a tremendous disadvantage not being able to practice with his team during uh, training camp here. So, yeah, as I said, I, I don't know if this whole thing is going to happen. I will remain positive. But, guys, don't get your hopes up too much because this whole thing could get wiped if we keep seeing teams and players uh, or players from teams testing positive for coronavirus. All right, so more news on the Hawks' first day of camp coming up later in the episode. But moving on now, I think it's time for our weekly Mailbag Monday segment where I select a couple of questions from a few lucky listeners out there to answer live here on the show. But first, I need to talk about rockauto.com, the best place to shop for all your auto and body needs. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. Visit rockauto.com and tell them the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. That's rockauto.com for an amazing selection and reliably low prices. Listen, we've all had our share of car problems in the past. How much easier is it when you have an auto and body shop that you can rely on? Well, rockauto.com has your back for all the car parts you will ever need in any situation. One more time, check out rockauto.com for reliably low prices and an amazing selection, and make sure to let them know the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, an auto and body shop that you can trust for reliably low prices.
This is the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page, at JackBushman2, and my Blackhawks page, at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you listen to your podcasts, and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. So we just wrapped up talking about all of the news that came out this weekend regarding the NHL's return to play plan and training camps opening up today. Now it's time for our weekly Mailbag Monday segment, where a couple listeners get their questions answered by yours truly right here on the show. So the first question I want to answer today comes from G, aka Gmansky on Twitter, who asked, Any hint on the Blackhawks lineup for the best of five playing series against the Edmonton Oilers? Well, G, it's a great question there. Thank you for taking time to ask on Twitter. And we actually got a bit closer to nailing down the lineup on Monday as the Blackhawks announced their official 35-man roster for the 2020 postseason with camps opening up. So the Blackhawks' playoff roster is made up of 18 forwards, 12 defensemen, and 5 goaltenders, but they will have to trim down their roster to 28 skaters and only 3 goalies before traveling to their hub city of Edmonton on July 26th. So most notably here on the Blackhawks' postseason roster, Veteran defensemen Brent Seabrook and Calvin DeHaan both made it after undergoing surgeries back in December, while forwards Andrew Shaw and Zach Smith were not included due to their injuries. Shaw has been sidelined since the end of November with a concussion, while Smith underwent back surgery on on March 6th and was given a three- to four-month timetable to return. Also worth noting is that Blackhawks top prospect Ian Mitchell, who was recently deemed ineligible to play in the potential postseason, was also not included on the Blackhawks roster. The Hawks did have the option to burn one of Mitchell's three entry-level years just so that he could practice with the team, but they made the wise decision not to as they, they have defensemen that they would probably rather put in the lineup over Mitchell at this point. So, now that we know the Blackhawks' official playoff roster, we can take a little bit of a better dive into what line combinations the Blackhawks could potentially roll with in their best-of-five playing series against the Oilers. And actually, during practice on Monday, we saw the Blackhawks um, roll with a couple line combinations and defensive pairings, which were their forward groupings were Alex DeBrinkett, Jonathan Taze, and Brandon Saad on the top line with the second line being Alex Nylander, Dylan Strom, and Patrick Kane. The third line was Dominic Kubalik, Kirby Dock, and Drake Kajula. And then the fourth line, as expected, was Ryan Carpenter, David Kampf, and Matthew Highmore. The Blackhawks' defensive pairings were Duncan Keith and Adam Boquist on the top pairing, Calvin DeHaan and Connor Murphy on the second pairing, kind of as that shutdown grouping, and then Ole Mata and Slater Cuckoo skated as the third pairing, while Lucas Carlson and Brent Seabrook were paired up together as the fourth pairing, which was kind of interesting to me. I mean, I know that it is Seabrook's first day back at practice, but for them to have Mata and Cuckoo paired up and on the line combinations, it has them over Carlson and Seabrook. So I don't know if that means at the moment Coach Carlton and the team prefers to roll with a third defensive pairing of Mata and Cuckoo over playing Brent Seabrook, but... As I've talked about many times on this podcast, that third pairing of Mata and Cuckoo has surprisingly done very well this season. They've been um, statistically the Blackhawks' best defensive pairing with over, I want to say, 60 minutes together this season, I believe. So it would not be a 
a bad choice for the Blackhawks to maybe keep Seabrook as that seventh defenseman and then maybe plug him back into the lineup if someone struggles, just because we know that Mata and Cuckoo can play together. They've, they've shown it multiple times this season, so uh, I, I would like to see the Blackhawks roll with that top six. I would like to see them go with Keith and Boquist as the top pairing, Dehan and Murphy as the shutdown, and then Mata and Cuckoo as the third. I think that would give the team the best opportunity to have success against a highly potent offense like the Edmonton Oilers. And also just Brent Seabrook coming off of double hip surgery and shoulder surgery. I know that he's had seven months now to rehab and he's going to be fresh coming onto the ice, but Seabrook, he's 35 years old. I mean, he's got a lot of miles on those wheels and I'm not sure if I'm just not sure if he's ready for postseason play, honestly. So I don't think it would be the worst idea to keep Seabrook as the seventh defenseman for at least game one of the playing series against the Edmonton Oilers. As for the Blackhawks forward lines, though, I personally would like to change things up a bit. I, I was I found it very interesting that Colleton did not have Dominic Kubalik on the top line with Jonathan Taze after the two found tremendous success together in the second half of the season. So if it were me, I would roll... Uh, with a top line of Dominic Kubalik, Jonathan Taze, and Brandon Saad. And then I would move Alex Dabrinkit down to the second line to have him play with good buddy Dylan Strom and superstar Patrick Kane. And then that would give me the third line of Alex Nylander, Kirby Doc, and Drake Kajula. And although that's not a very deep third line there, you have a rookie center, um, Alex Nylander, who's really still unproven as an NHL player at this point, and Drake Kajula, who... I mean, he's he's been good when healthy, but he's going to have to step up on that third line with two youngsters there with him. And that leaves us with the fourth line of Carpenter, Camp, and Highmore, which I think is perfect. So I would keep that fourth line as is, but if I were head coach Jeremy Calton, I would switch up those top nine forwards there a little bit. All right, so Chi-Town G, I hope that answers your question right there. And thank you again for asking the question on Twitter. I really appreciate it. Alright, so the second question I want to quickly answer here on the show comes from Eric from Elkhorn, Wisconsin, who asked on Twitter, is the Blackhawks' long-term new answer and goal in the system right now, or do you feel like they'll go to free agency after this year? So, another great question here, and honestly, it's kind of tough to tell right now with so many things up in the air regarding the future of current goaltender Corey Crawford. Of course, we also heard recently that the NHL will not be moving up their salary cap for each of the next three years because of the effects of COVID-19, so if the Blackhawks do want to go the free agent route, that certainly won't be easy with their backs already up against the wall because of the cap. So, in the Blackhawks systems right now, we know they have Colin Delia, Kevin Lankinen, and Matt Tompkins, and then current Blackhawks, Blackhawks backup goaltender Malcolm Subban as well but I don't think anyone really sees him coming back after next after this year. So, out of Lankinen, Delia, and Tompkins, I definitely have Delia higher up on the depth chart at the moment. I think Colin Delia has the brightest future out of those three, but I wouldn't count out Kevin Lankinen at the moment. We've seen what he can do. Last summer, during the 2019 IIHF World Championships, he led Team Finland to a gold medal Although his junior career has been a little shaky, I still think that if he can piece it together, there is a chance that he could become a successful NHL goaltender somewhere down the road. Matt Tompkins is a little bit still too far in his development. 
where we, we're not really sure what kind of goaltender he's going to be. He is a former seventh round pick, so the expectations aren't too high, but we'll see what he does in Rockford in the next year or so, and then maybe he could progress into a, a backup NHL goaltender sometime in the future. If the Blackhawks do want to go the free agent route, there are some older and cheaper guys who will be on the market, such as Jimmy Howard, Craig Anderson, Brian Elliott, and Mike Smith. But I think that would be incredibly stupid for the Blackhawks to go that route. If they want a veteran goaltender in their system, I think they will be able to work out some kind of hometown discount deal with Corey Crawford. So I I just don't think going another route and adding a, a different veteran goaltender would do them any good. Now, there are some decent backup goaltenders who will be on the market, such as Tomas Grice from the New York Islanders or Anton Kudobin from the Dallas Stars. And I also like Jacob Markstrom from the Vancouver Canucks as well. He's been a very good starter for them. But because of that, my gut feeling tells me that he's going to be resigned by Vancouver. Whereas Grice and Kudobin, I expect both of them to walk and try to get their well-deserved shot in a number one goaltender position. I've talked about both of them uh, on an episode about a month ago, but comparing those two options for the Blackhawks in free agency, both Grice and Kudobin are 34 years old, but Grice is the bigger of the two at 6'2", 232 pounds, while Kudobin stands just 5'11", 200 pounds. Grice holds a career record of 137, 90, and 28, with a 2.63 goals against average and a 9.15 save percentage. And he's been very good for the last five years with the Islanders, turning in a winning record in each and recording 20 wins three separate times. Grice also played a huge role alongside Robin Leonard in earning the William Jennings Trophy for the fewest goals scored against in 2018-19. So he has a pretty good track record the last handful of years, and Grice is well-deserving of a starting goaltending opportunity in the 2020-2021 campaign. Now, looking at Kudobin, he's 99, 76, and 25 in his career with an incredible 2.46 goals against average and 919 save percentage. He's also been tremendous as a backup for Ben Bishop in the last two years in the Stars organization, and this year, he actually led the NHL with an incredible 930 save percentage on way to a 16-8-4 campaign and 30 appearances. Kudobin has been one of the finest backups in the NHL since stepping onto the scene in 2012-2013, and this makes it a really tough call here because both have been stellar in their given roles as backups over the years, and uh, while I'm not sure there would be a better decision, I think that Grice is probably the more, he's more of a proven NHL goaltender at this point, not that Kudobin isn't, but I just think that Grice has been a little bit better, and he's also been a part of a tremendous defensive system with Barry Trotz up in New York, who is a proven Stanley Cup winning coach, and Grice has just been very, very impressive there for the last five years. So, if I had to choose between Tomas Grice and Anton Kudobin, I would choose Tomas Grice if the Blackhawks want to go the free agent route for their future at the goaltender position. Alright, Eric, I hope that answers your question there. Thank you again for taking the time to reach out on Twitter. I really appreciate it, man. Alright, so now it's time to move on to our new daily segment here on the podcast, which is Regular Season Recap, where I give a brief recap of one of the Blackhawks players' 2019-20 regular seasons, just as a bit of a refresher on how they did this year before the potential best-of-five playing series against the Edmonton Oilers. I am Jack Bushman, your host of the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. 
You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at TalkinHockey. Or you can also email the Lockdown Blackhawks email, which is LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions regarding the show, myself, or simply just life in general. Okay, so we just finished up Mailbag Monday, where I answer a couple of questions from the fans. Now it's time for our daily regular season recap segment, with today covering Blackhawks 19-year-old rookie and number three pick from the 2019 NHL Draft, Kirby Doc. So, after the Blackhawks selected Doc third in last summer's NHL draft, no one was quite sure whether he would make the jump to professional hockey or remain with the Saskatoon Blades of the WHL for another year. But after a strong throwing at Blackhawks prospect development camp last July, Doc's chances of making the opening night roster appeared to be increasing. Unfortunately, though, at the 2019 Traverse City Prospect Tournament a few weeks later, Doc suffered a mild concussion after taking a nasty hit from Minnesota Wild prospect Darian Pilon. The concussion cost Doc his training camp with the Blackhawks, and the team wound up sending him to Rockford for a conditioning stint early in October. After only three games with the team's AHL affiliate, though, the Hawks called up Doc to make his NHL debut against the Washington Capitals on October 20th, 2019. The St. Albert, Alberta native went on to score his first career goal in the next game against the Vegas Golden Knights. In total, Doc went on to play in 64 of the Blackhawks' 70 games this season, finishing with 8 goals and 15 assists for 23 points, which was tied for 11th among NHL rookies with 2019 number 2 pick Capo Caco. It is also worth mentioning that Doc finished with two more points than first overall selection, Jack Hughes, and his 23 points, along with Kako, were the most of any player from the 2019 NHL draft. Looking at some of Doc's other numbers, he impressively scored all eight of his goals at even strength and shot 7.9% in 14 minutes and 16 seconds of time on ice per game. The young forward did struggle in the faceoff dot as expected, winning just 33.8% of his 147 draws on the year. While Doc didn't exactly stuff the stat sheet in 2019-20, he noticeably progressed as the season went on and was playing very well down the stretch. The Blackhawks allowed Doc to learn through his mistakes this year, which should only help him grow in the future. Taking a look at Doc's possession numbers here, and they were about as expected with a 48.4 Corsi percentage while he was on the ice for 35 goals for to 33 against at even strength. The Blackhawks felt comfortable with starting Doc in the defensive zone 47% of the time, which is another testament to their patience with their top prospect this season. That number is probably a bit high for an 18-year-old center, but hey, the best way to learn is definitely through game experience. As for Doc's top performance, that was probably one of his four multi-point games he picked up on the season. Although Doc's only two-goal game of the year came in a 4-1 victory against the Buffalo Sabres back in November, including a beautiful backhand goal past goaltender Carter Hutton. Overall, Doc may not have had the statistical season that some were hoping for in 2019-20, but he was still impressive for a teenager in a man's league. There were moments throughout the season where Doc was clearly becoming more comfortable in the NHL, and it was certainly exciting to see him progress throughout his 64 games played. All right, so I think that is going to wrap up Blackhawks rookie Kirby Doc's regular season recap and also Monday, July 13th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show. And as always, make sure to give the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page a follow at capital L capital O underscore Blackhawks as some good stuff will be posted there daily. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode of Lockdown Blackhawks as soon as it's out each day. And after the show, 
Ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news about the potential return of hockey in the next few weeks. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey. Or for any questions at all regarding anything related to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, you could always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and thank you again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks.